Hey guys, and welcome to Get Life Podcast Kunai. I'm your host, Bish, and today I'm joined by, as always, Joe. Hello. And Kevin. Sup, guys? Yeah. So, this episode we're talking about Excel World, so let me just give you a little bit of an overview of that. Excel World is a science fiction, action, and cyberpunk anime based off a light novel written by Reki Kawahara. And if you recognize that name, that's the same woman who wrote this light novel for Sword Art Online. Uh, it aired during the spring-summer seasons of 2012, much like Sword Art Online as well. That's kind of weird. For It ran for 24 episodes, split into two cores. Excel World was pr- produced by Studio Sunrise, the same studio who are well-known for Gundam, who are also well-known for Tiger and Bunny, and, of course, number one anime, Love Life. Uh, so, for you new guys, you're joining us for the first time. Get a Life Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get a Life group. Uh, due to the nature of the discussion that we have on these episodes, we cannot avoid spoilers for the shows to be discussed. For those of shows that are based off of an existing work, much like this, uh, Excel World's based off of light novel. So whether it's a manga, light novel, or some other media form, we aren't covering the source material for those. Uh, it can be found on Stitcher, iTunes Store, and Google Play. If you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch, to make an episode of Kunai on, send us your suggestions on Twitter at galpkunai, or by email at gelp.pa at gmail.com. However, we ask that you uh, only suggest shows that are at most 30 episodes. Also, if you like our content, you can support us by checking out lootcrate.com slash kunai. So, first thing I want to get into straight away is the first impressions of the anime, and I'd like to start first because there is actually a very interesting story about this one for me. As you guys know, this is actually a fan suggestion. It's not something that we suggested. Um, So I was very happy when I saw this because... Excel World was an anime that I've been watching on and off roughly six times. I've been dropping it always at the same sort of episode. I was initially introduced to it by a guy called Xalaborg on YouTube. He's a guy that basically does abridged versions of anime and they're quite more so comedic and such like that. They were very funny. So I watched it and I was like, oh my god, what the hell is this anime? There's a fat kid as the main character. I want to see this. Because usually we don't see, we don't see, you know, fatter main characters as main characters. They tend to be, you know, chiseled bodies and, you know, like Nagisa and such. So we don't, this is kind of a rare occurrence. So that kind of attracted me to the anime. Um, initially when I was watching it, I always kind of dropped it within the first kind of two episodes. Because I found it incredibly boring there is quite a lot of backstory and then after i think when i got to the third episode that's when i was like i'm gonna keep watching this anime because the third episode's where all the action happened and it just got me hooked from there and it was just like oh my god there's so much mystery behind this i just want to know more i want to know more about the um i was going to say nerve gear but i mean neuralinkers i want to know more how do they work how how did the burst link start for example. That's why I wanted to know, and I wanted to know that, and I knew the only way I was going to know that was through the anime. Yeah, so, Bish, uh, I have a question. So, you you dropped it like six times, right? Which is, yeah. for me, because I usually, if I drop an anime, I don't watch it again, but uh, this time around, you continued, right? So, is it because, you know, something improved later on, or is it just because it was suggested? No, it, it, it's very odd, because... It wasn't the fact that it was suggested on Kunai. Um, fun fact, I was actually watching this in my own time. I got into maybe about seven, eight episodes, and then I got an email saying that someone wanted this on Kunai. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now I have more of a reason to c- continue to watch it. But mm. by that point, I was already invested in the anime. Um, 
the reason that I kind of dropped it and, and decided to continue it was because I, dro I dropped it the first time, I gave it a couple of months, I watched different animes, I think at this time I was watching um, Haganai Season 2, and then I was like, okay, I'll go back to it, but I can't just continue from Episode 1, I'll watch Episode 1 again. And then I was like, oh my god, Episode 1's so boring and so whatever. Oh. So I dropped it again at episode one. So at all of these six times, I just dropped it at episode one, and then I would always come back to it. And then I just sat myself down and I said, you know what, Bish, you're just going to have to suck it up. Maybe the second episode's good. And then second episode was more of the same sort of thing. And it was only until the third episode where I kind of got hooked. He's like, I guess they kind of saved the first couple episodes for introductions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. So was there like a particular thing in the first episode that you really didn't like that made you drop every time or like what was it? I don't know. I, I felt depressed watching it because the um, Haruyuki, the main character, he's he's a portly gentleman. He's fat. He's chubby. He's cute as well. But it's 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 the fact that, you know, he was oh, it's that scene with Chiyu when she brings when she brings the um, basket full of sandwiches and then he throws it away and he, he, I felt really sorry for him and I was like you know what I can't keep on watching this because I'm if the anime is just more of this I'm just gonna feel completely sad for the character and I don't I didn't want to feel like that because I kind of relate to him a lot and I know I get that feeling sometimes and it, it felt to me that Chiyu was kind of condes condescending him so I was but that was before I even got to learn who Chiyu was so that's why I always dropped it at the same point. Bish, at one point when when I was watching, like while you were watching the show, if you heard somebody's heartbreaking during that scene, it was probably me. It was probably mine because when I was watching the one scene for like when Haru and Chiu were in the hallway and Chiu made that lunch, it's like I'm like this looks so happy and like I I knew it was gonna end bad because I knew Haru was kind of like in that state where he didn't want to talk to anyone, but like I didn't think it'd go as far as the him kind of like slamming the sandwich into the wall. Like I thought. It, it wasn't just a sandwich. It was it was a full basket, a, like a big hamper. Of, yeah. And then he was running away, and I thought it would end there. But then, like you, they cut to her trying to pick up the sandwiches, and like you see her crying, and I'm just like, like it's only the first episode. So did this did your heartbreak for Haru like Bish did, or for Chiyu? Because for me, like in that scene, Kevin, you want me to answer that? Sure. Yes. Sure. Go. Yes. Yes. Wait. Yes. Who? That's my answer. Yes. Who? Joe. Come yes. on. <laughs> It means yes. Okay, well, for me, it, I was kind of shocked by Bish saying those how to, because, I mean, I, I do feel I'm for saying the guy, it was right? both. Yeah, it, it's both. I'm saying it like it felt... They're, they're both in, like, shitty situations in the first episode, right? But I felt so bad for, for Chiyu. It's like, she she seems so fucking nice, right? And it's like, all the centers are just on the floor, and you, you feel for her, right? Yeah, like, well, as sad as that scene was, like, it, I guess, like, it kind of makes sense, because Haru... Like, he kind of reveals that he didn't want to be pitied by his friends. Yeah, that's that's where I was coming from. That's why I kind of felt for um, him. But, Kevin, your, your impressions? Yeah, so, uh, unlike Vish, I did not have an experience with this anime prior to it being suggested. I've heard some things here and there, but most of the time, like 99% of the time, I hear the words Excel were all together. It's usually paired with or even being compared to another anime. That's sort of online, right? So unfortunately, I think it's just a case where they're, they're two admittedly similar shows in terms of like the, the, just the general concept. And so Excel World gets a bit less um, activity uh, on Twitter. I, I think it's also because a lot of people tend to think that one is ripping off the other one when in fact they are in the same universe. Yeah. And... Like, like we said, uh, it's not only are they in the same universe, they're written by the same person, right? So I, I guess this author just really likes that concept. And admittedly, it it's a very fun one to experiment with. 
right? So right from the get-go, though, I, I'm glad that I did watch this this anime, because right from episode one, uh, like, my impression episode one, I think, is a bit different from Bish's. For the reason, I think that uh, they got off to a pretty strong start, right? Because right off the bat, I noticed that the design and aesthetic is really cute, right? Especially for... It's kind of awkward saying this, right? Because it's not something I say often. For the protagonist, right? Haru. I mean, he, he's kind of like fat and chubby. But what gets you is when he transforms into a pig, right? And it's like it, the the art style they use is really you know endearing in a way. And also, this, it's not just the the art style, but cinematogra cinematography is something that I gotta mention as well because right from the first episode, uh, it hit me, you know, with that those landscape pans and those wide shots that's, that are. They're typical of Japanese animation, right? So it makes a very beautiful display of this cyberpunk world that they're trying to introduce you to in the first episode. Uh, in terms of story, I found that it was uh, it was kind of weird. I'll, I'll tell you why, all right? So uh, in the first episode, they throw everything at you, right? Like he gets introduced. How do you, you're kind of like in Haru's shoes in the sense that you're just living your everyday life and then all of a sudden, fucking Burst Link comes up out of nowhere and like, you know, it just puts everything out of balance, right? Everything is suddenly shoved onto him all of a sudden without much explanation. You don't know how this burst link program works. You know, how does it accelerate time? How does it do this? How does it do that? None of those, like, the explanation for those are never really given. You don't get a clear answer for that, right? Uh, so it's interesting that they throw all of that at you because it's a double-edged sword, in my opinion. Some people, they, they like it when there's a gradual buildup, right? And things are added on logically. And other people, they just want to get into the thick of the action right from the get-go, right away. And I think that's this is what Excel World does. It doesn't try to hide anything from you. Like, by episode three, if I'm not mistaken, you're, you find out that uh, Kurohime used to be one of the kings, right? So it doesn't try to uh, be super mysterious. And that can be a, a downside for some people, but it can be uh, a good thing for other people. And I think that I actually quite liked it this time around. So here's the thing about this. Like, it's a small little story. I found out about this show when I was browsing for different kinds of shows to watch back when I started getting into anime. I think it was like four, like a little under four years ago. And so like, I like Sora Online was of course one of the first, well the first shows I've seen in anime. And then, then I looked into it and then apparently the same person made Excel World. And like I liked the colors, I liked the aesthetics, and I'm like, you know what, this would be interesting. I don't know why I didn't get to it until now, but... It's like I heard we we're going to be doing it for Kunai, so I'm like, you know what, I think it's about time I stopped pushing this away and started watching it. And so I started watching it, and I'll be honest, like, Kevin, you said that they give give everything to you right off the bat, like, but in my opinion, the first few episodes kind of felt really slow. Hmm. It's like I didn't really, like, the burst link didn't really leave an impact on me until, like, episode four or five, to be completely honest. Like, I felt like it didn't really offer much and then like they showed like what it's really about once they introduced like what Bra brain burst really is which was around uh what was that episode four it was episode four i remember that so that was when they um how do you fought with taku the first time and it, it's interesting that you say that because uh in, in a way you're right as well because um the what I meant was that the, the concept of Brain Burst and the universe they exist in, you get all this info really quickly and it can be kind of overwhelming for certain people, right? In the first three episodes. But you're absolutely right when you say that you don't truly get to see the, the real meaning behind it until episode like three or four or even five because it's mentioned in episode three, but you don't get to see it in action, its full potential, uh, until there's the fight 
between Taku and Haru, which is in episode four. It's like because when they first introduced um, Brain Burst, like they first introduced Burst Link, which was like it didn't really it didn't really hook me right away. I guess like it's like oh you can stop like you can kind of accelerate and go faster than other people and like solve these problems. I'm like you know I I guess this is how it is. Like I like. Is there more that's gonna happen? I hope so. And like, and like I said, like it was, it's kind of slow for me. But I will admit, it did start picking up once we got to around, and like the episode four or five when they started talking about brain burst, and they started like introducing like the like the mechanics of brain burst and what like the point system and all these different levels and the history behind these levels and the kings. It's like that was very engaging. Like I'm like I want to find out like what like what is this about these kings? Like what happens when you're at level ten? It's like w like will we get to see the developers of Brain Burst themselves? Yeah. It's like that's just what I really wanted to know as I was watching the show. But overall, like slow start, but it picked up and I enjoyed it. I, I do agree that four and five, starting from then, that's when you know the real action actually starts to to happen. Uh, think about it now. I. I think that Excel World actually reminds me of quite a few other anime that I've watched in my past. It just tickles that nostalgia bone in a way, you know? Because with a, with a battle, you know, it reminds, well, obviously, for people who've watched Sword Art Online, it reminded them of that because the concept's very similar. But for me, when I saw, you know, the, the 1v1 fights and this point system and the fact that they're in this gaming world, I was like, holy shit, dude, this reminds me so much of these older anime, right? Like Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, even Pokemon to a certain extent. Spider Riders, for those of you who've seen that in Canada. Um, so... It reminds me of these these really, you know, kind of mainstream, drawn-out shonen anime, right? So, I don't know, that just kind of made it more endearing for me when I started watching. I don't know if you guys had the same reaction. It's just like, I I think maybe it was the previews that um, kind of prepared me for the whole, like, all prepared me for Brain Burst and all the different fights. So, I, I guess it kind of disappointed me that it took, like, four episodes to get there. But, like, it... When they got to it, eventually, it, they did execute it well. Like, they executed in a way that really made me want to learn more. So, they, it did its job. And also, I, I lost, like, the state. I love the uh, Nerve Link. N Neuralink. You're getting confused between Soda and, and this anime. Similar but different. <laughs> yeah, the, the Neuralink. Like, I kind of liked how it was incorporated into daily life. And, like, how, like, during school, you're... You're looking at emails while you're kind of typing notes in the air. And then, like, while you're walking around, you see these different news articles and, like, you kind of... And apparently, like, as... Like, this isn't first impressions, but it's, like, later on when they kind of show that it also affects how you view the world. And that's how you can tell that, uh, you know, Excel World's a fantasy. Because in real life, if that were actually happening, people could browse, like, Twitter while at school and taking notes. Nobody would be taking notes. <laughs> um, going into that... Let's talk about our favorite episodes and moments. Um, I, I don't know. I'll, I want to really start first. Like for me, one of my favorite episodes was was actually the episode that got me hooked where that car kind of jumps in front of them. And then <clears throat> Hime is using her points. Like she pretty much her points go down to zero and she uses her points to kind of save Haru's life. I love that episode only because you see the bond in it. It was like some sort of action. I was like, fuck yeah. That's really interesting because for me, that's episode four. But for me, that episode got kind of like the exact opposite direction because I love the first few episodes, right? I liked the way it started. I thought it started really strong. And after then, I see episode four, there's this moment where, you know, there's there's a car coming towards him in slow motion and, you know, she has to save him. And she goes, before, before she sacrifices herself, she goes, I love you. And I was like, you know what, this... Seems a bit too cliche, right? And I was like, what I feared was that I, I feared that they were going down that uh, cliche path if, say, she were to lose all of her points and then she would have to, like, I don't know, be 
Haru's mentor without having Bane burst herself. So I was, I was really hoping they weren't going down that path. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't because that would have put a bad taste in my mouth. Of course. Um, for me, it wasn't the fact that they, they did this kind of thing, you know, the, the whole romance cliche. That doesn't make a difference to me because I'm used to that. Um, but for me, it was the fact that she used a new ability. You know, physical full burst. Something we've never heard of before. And I was just like, oh my god. If this is one of the abilities where she loses all of her burst points, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I want to know more. I want to know what other abilities people can have. It just got that's that's the episode that got me invested. It was, yeah, that, that was that was the episode where it's kind of like holy shit, this is getting really serious. Like exactly. because there's like because I thought she was I actually legitimately thought she was going to die at that point. So like and you heard her kind of like when she's using physical full burst. It's like she kind of like it kind of sounded like a clock, cl- kind of like clockwork where it's kind of cranking and like she's kind of slowly moving to push Haru. And I'm just like. It's like this is most this is the most annoying yet the saddest way to die because you hear the cranking while like he's slowly approaching your death. It's like dying in slow motion essentially. Yeah, it is true though because like before episode that episode you're essentially thinking you know what the fuck you know burst link it's or brain burst it's just it's just a game what the fuck right but then out of nowhere a car is coming towards them and she uses the the program to accelerate herself in real life to save Huddy and you're like what the fuck. Right, because you didn't know that was possible before, and you're just, it's clear to you then that you know this is more than just you know a game, and it has real life consequences. Not to mention that she was going to lose ninety nine percent of her points to actually use physical full burst. Exactly, and that's that leads me on to an, another point in terms of my my other favorite episodes. Um, I have quite a lot, and you can tell that I kind of enjoy this anime. Um, Another favorite episode of mine was when he, the first time he had his wings. I love that episode because it was just like, oh my god, that was kind of awesome. Um, only because it's just it's just beautiful to see, you know, it was the way it was just kind of animated and those wings kind of sprouted out. Kind of reminds me of, you know, um, that transformation scene, Joe in Killer Kill, when the final transformation that your uh, Ryuko goes through and then she's like Senkets and then Senkets wings come out and shit that it reminded me of that oh my god yeah I, I know exactly what you're talking about too Vish like it, it was very like it felt very good because I, I like Haru's like you know like he's aiming for something and because like he believes so much in like winning and like defending like defending gum crew he may like he ends up sprouting these wings and like he's basically he's flying towards victory mm. uh, i do agree that the fucking animation was beautiful for for the wings but w- one thing i never got was like i, I felt that was kind of weird because it's like he, he was you know dying right and he's basically crushed by by taku and he gets his wings but one thing that confuses me is like why does he get his wings because from my point of view it looked like a deus ex machina moment where it's just that he believes in the power of his love for kurohime and then you know wings appear oh because it's that was a part that was like an undiscovered part of his suit which was created from like his past struggles and fears yeah everything was implanted right away it's like once once haru kind of had like the realizations he had during um like during the fight with um with um takun it's something where the the girl in the wheelchair kind of explained it later on where she said it's not you know your powers didn't come from the game the game didn't give you the powers it's something that you brought to the game so it's the same sort of thing you know the wings were in him he just needed to have some sort of shocking moment to kind of activate that emotion within him which which obviously equipped those wings um that but that brings me on to another point with the the woman in the wheelchair 
Icarus. Her name was, her nickname was. I love that episode as well. That was one of my favorite episodes. So one of my favorite episodes was when he got his wings and when he lost his wings and had to try and fight back to get that, that kind of wings. It kind of reminded me of this odd Dragon Ball Z episode, especially, you know, how you have the, um, uh, you have that guy's tower, like, I forgot his name, King Piccolo's tower, Dragon Ball Z. You know, he had to kind of, I'm not sure if it was King Piccolo, I can't remember. It was like this long tower in Dragon Ball Z, you had to have to kind of scale up to get it, get to something. It kind of, it was like a test of strength for me, and I liked that, especially with, with Haru. And, you know, trying and trying and trying for a couple of days, and I thought, oh man, he was going to get up that tower first time. And then it transitioned, I was like, fuck. <laughs> And then he fell down again, he tried again. Although what I didn't realize was that when he's punching it, he's still making holes in that wall. So why why couldn't he just climb up a lot way before? I think it's just he, he wanted to practice it because he, he he did puncture it the first time. But I mean, I guess in his position, if you're not consistently able to puncture it perfectly every time, I wouldn't risk climbing like a thousand foot tower, right? Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Dragon Ball Z because I don't know, for, what, for whatever reason, this this anime, it just tickles my nostalgia bone. I keep on thinking of things I've seen in the past, because uh, I don't know if it's a fair comparison here, but um, Karate Kid, it's kind of like when someone gets, it gets is. his oh my ass God. kicked, yes. and then he fucking trains with the, with the sensei, right? And he just trains and it's, trains it's and trains. It's this whole Mr. Miyagi thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh my gosh, are we, talking about, are we talking about Karate Kid right now? Oh my god. But it, it, it does resemble it quite a lot. I know, it's just I'm, I'm starting to remember, I'm starting to have like shitty memories. <laughs> Wait, is, is there a Karate Kid anime? No, I, there's no Karate Kid anime and please- No, please, no. I don't want to see one. <laughs> um, But going back to your point, it, that kind of training kind of, it's like a training montage in a way. It's kind of like, you know, when Rocky's running up those stairs, kind of like that. But it, you see more so of his struggle. Because, you know, he's he's talking. He's giving you a monologue. And you, you see that a lot. And that's why I like. You know, that's that's why it was one of my favorite episodes. Because you see him struggle. You see that payoff. And, you know, it, it paid off with the most awesome thing. And also you got to learn more about the um, Icarus. And she's a very interesting character to me. So when I learned, when she, when she put up her, when she lifted up her skirt and then she had no legs. I was like, what? I was shocked. Clearly I was shocked by that. You know, I could imagine that. I, I thought, you know, she had no, you know, no, no use of her legs. I just thought she was disabled. But the fact that she got, she cut off her legs, that made it a bit more interesting as an episode. That's pretty fucking intense. I don't know, it's just that episode, I think, there's no actual action that goes on in it. Because if you think about it, the, the plot, it kind of freezes as long as he's in that world, right? But I, I think that it's an interesting episode because uh, it, it shows how to develop him. Because before that, you know, his wings were everything for him, right? And he lost that. And Kurohime was not there, right? So he, the two things that were holding him up, you know, his conf the confidence in his wings that made him, you know, renowned in the Excel world and his senpai, if you will. Those two things were stripped away from him and he has to, you know, claw back, you know, he has to go back to zero and, you know, regain everything that uh, he got up until that point. So that was really interesting to see. Here's the thing, I can't, you guys know me already, I can't decide on a favorite moment for basically any show we watch it's the entire anime <laughs> you know well, it's like it's not like that it's more like i think my favorite thing about like the episodes was like the theme of it where well the theme of the entire anime was my favorite part of it because like it talked about like all these different students who were struggling like with their pasts and kind of overcoming those overcoming the, their pasts in brain burst 
Because like, if, like for example, like with Haru, like he was like he was always bullied. Like he was like he always felt like a weakling. Like he couldn't protect anyone, and that kind of reflected in his in the avatar he, he ended up quote unquote creating. And the same thing happened to um happened to Taku Taku um and night what was his name Nairi Nairi. Taku and Nayori. Like a, the he was like the main villain at the end of at the end of the anime. Oh, Nomi? Y- yeah. Yeah, something like that. Like he uh, dust dust taker, right? Yes. Like he was the one who um mm. copied he was the one who took Haru's wings. Yeah. And like in the end like like Nomi, yeah, Nomi, Nomi Seiji. He was like how he ha- he was talking about how he had nothing and how he ended up killing his like quote unquote killing his own brother and forcing him out of brain burst just to take everything he had yeah this, this anime it it can be quite uh, you know lovey-dovey and happy at times it does take dark turns at like that that entire second core was the most heartbreaking thing because like i like the entire the entire arc i'm just like i want this guy to just die <laughs> i want i never want to see this guy i want to see him on the ground with haru putting a blade through his body and it delivered. It, I'm so glad that it delivered. You know, I'm, I think I'm so glad they didn't go with like the whole like bullshit ending where it's like, you can, it's like you can redeem yeah, yourself. Yeah, like, you can redeem yourself. Good again. You know, it's like fuck you. He's like, don't kill me. It's right. like, and then Har's like, I don't give a shit. You're dead. I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, you know, what? I'll talk about my favorite episodes right now. I'm surprised no one's mentioned this yet. All right, but we'll get into the characters. But I'm surprised that nobody mentioned episode nine because that's when that's not when she was introduced, but that for me was uh, is an episode of a nice comedic relief because the interactions between what Yuniko and uh, Kuro were pretty damn funny, especially with Yuniko and her like split personality. You know what I mean? It was really funny. Um, another episode to note is it's not something I particularly liked, but you know I had to give credit where credit is due, and that's episode eleven to twelve, where uh, arguably you can that's the first time where you know the full potential of this anime is shown because there's a shit ton of action going on, right? And the animation holds up, and that's something I gotta commend, because without the animation that the studio did, it would, like, the the heart of an action anime um, that makes or breaks it is the animation, right? During fight scenes, and I think that they did very well in that. Mm. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I'm, I'm assuming that's the one where they were, they were basically ambushed by uh, Yellow Radio, which I find is a really re- weird name. But I, I like that episode, only because you get to see two level nines. Or actually three level nines fighting each other and it was just like so magnificent and you got to learn a lot more about the the whole backstory about how the red king was originally killed and it, you know you got you got kind of um yeah i think that was also a really good episode as well kevin i forgot about that one completely some other things that uh, i really liked was uh like is a bit of a strong word here it's more like i found interesting because episode 14 like joe you said that you know during the entire second arc it was really interesting it was heartbreaking because you have this fucking asshole because episode 14 was when he was framing them when he was framing them well it was it was shit escalated so quickly because my reaction i'll I'll shamelessly say it it went from or my gird bathroom scene right with with how do you and Chiyu stuck together? There's a really interesting interesting story about that. So like, I was watching it, and then he was looking at the signs, and then I saw him going to the right, and like I was pretty sure he's going to the boys' bathroom. Yeah. And then like you look like a second later, and it says like the, the signs suddenly switched. And I'm like, wait a second, is this a production error? Yeah. So it's like I go back, and then like I'm watching it. I watched it twice. I'm like, is there's definitely something mm-hmm. wrong here? And then I continue watching. I'm like, oh my god, he he got put he got a virus played. in Haru. <laughs> 
Yeah, and like he 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 altered his vision. I'm like, oh my god, that's that was really clever. Mm. Like the reason I'm I'm saying it's more of a notable episode than a favorite one because that ending that ending of that episode was fucking heartbreaking. I wanted to punch that little shit in the face so bad, but it's just that you know something clicked in me. And I was like, you know what, shit shit's gonna get interesting now because we have a villain for once, right? Other than the, the Yellow King, but he wasn't really there for long. But for the first time, we have this objective, right? And you feel for the character because you fucking hate that guy as well, right? So it was, it was a nice change of pace. Yeah. No, I, Kevin, I felt my fist slowly going up, going towards my computer, like as I was watching him just be a huge dick to like the Haru and you. I I thought uh, it's a very notable episode, but I thought it was quite smart the way he framed them. I was like, what the fuck? Well, because he likes the virus. It was the virus that changed that caused everything. It's not just that. It's the it's the fact that you know he he used it against um against Haru. You know, saying, oh, I'm gonna leak this, and people are gonna get you expelled in school, etc. And he and the thing is, he didn't even care about getting expelled. He just wanted he just wanted the burst points. So it just made him seem even more evil. I was just like, oh my god, you're not even going to expel him. You're just going to use him as your lapdog. It just, oh, I hate that guy. Yeah. Do you know the episode when, um, I don't, I don't remember what it was. It was the episode when he kind of gets really angry. And do you know how, like, with the incarnation... The, the incarnation system like you can kind of like if you use it too much then some evil darkness starts taking over you yeah yeah like i when i saw that i was like this is exactly how i feel it's like just red like a red aura just gushing out of me and like me just wanting to just grind into his face no, i can imagine that it's like no like his eyes like haru's eyes like he looked like he was going to just... and the veins popping out as well i was just like whoa haru man just calm down a bit oh you're talking when, when they rematch with him what, together with yes yeah, so, like yeah yeah the rematch and then like when he gets revived dude that like that what... rustled my jimmy is not gonna lie because i was like fuck yeah eat shit you little brat right because he he finally got screwed over by by taku right he surprised him and then fucking she i don't i don't hate you for this it's just that he got fucking revived and then he he immediately went back to being his cocky little self and i was just like i guess you could say that was like my favorite episode like if i were to name a episode um but it's it was just really sad like because when he once he got revived he's like you know what you guys didn't do anything it's like you guys were never like able to be on the same level as me and he ends up just ends up killing takun and then he gets so mad they slow like he, he, you can see his inner demons ready to just devour him one last thing that i'll mention in terms of episodes i'm terribly sorry guys they just have a lot of things a lot of particular moments in this anime that i want to talk about right um and that would be episodes 18 and 19 and that's um more so episode 18 I'll explain later. Uh, and that is in the second core, uh, Dusk Taker core. And uh, that is specifically when they kind of take a break from the actions right after what you mentioned, Joe, actually. It's right after the rematch, right? After he gets revived. Um, and we cut to Kudo, right? Kurohime, who's vacationing in Okinawa. Right? So I thought that, you know, part of me was like, oh, we're going to have to wait a few episodes to see what actually happens after that battle, right? But another part of me was like, you know what? I'll take it because unfortunately in the second arc what I found was that um, it was cool in the sense that you know we have a direction we have we we know what direction the anime is going to take uh how do he has an objective now he has a purpose he wants to get rid of Nomi but at the same time um you you kind of see these other characters that were prominent during the first uh half of the 
half of the season kind of fade away from prominence. For example, uh, Kudo, who, who's a main character, right? But we, we see very little for just because she is away on vacation, right? So for this episode to take the focus away from all the drama and heartbreak that's happening back home and bring it to a lighter tone and develop Kudo's character, that's something I really liked. Um, yeah. Honestly, okay. Um, I do. I did enjoy what the episode, the two episodes did, but I don't know. I just felt really out of place. Well, not out of place. It's just more like I wanted to get back to the action as soon as possible because it was a sudden like change in direction. Um, yeah. It's like they're they're like and they ended on a cliffhanger with Chiu for some reason healing. Um, healing. Damn it! I keep forgetting his name. Like you know, what? it's because I've been trying to for, like delete him from my mind because I never want to see remember his face again. Yeah, know me. Let's just call him Bitch Face. I mean, that's an appropriate nickname. <laughs> bitch Sensei. Bitch Sensei. <laughs> well, it wouldn't even be Bitch Sensei because he he's the fucking junior, right? And he's talking shit. He's talking shit, and he's always like Bitch Kohai. Bitch Kohai. There, there you go. We whoever. Impose a name, Bitch Kohai, when talking about Nomi, alright? For those of you listening, from now yeah. on, I'm just gonna call him Bitch, bitch Kohai. Kohai. That, like, that's his name. He's, he's stuck with it, alright? Um, but anyway, it's like when... Like, I, like when Chiu was healing Bitch Kohai, like, I was like, why... Like, why did they suddenly change to... Mm. Why did they suddenly change to Kurohime and her vacation? It's like, I, I will welcomed it mm. if it kind of worked with the story, but... It's like, it's just like, they kind of stopped this and then went back in time to go over this part of the story. And I'm not going to say it was unnecessary because, like, it, it kind of plays into the end of it when you see Kurohime riding on the flying on the flying unicorn. But, like, it's just, like, the, it, there were a lot of ways they could have done that better, in my opinion. Um, what I wanted to say was I kind of agree with you in terms of how, you know, I felt it was kind of out of place. Because it was just like, oh my god, so you're just cutting it and then we're going to go back in time. It's kind of like in Persona when they went back in time to see Nanako's side of the story. It felt like that, but obviously that was a cute thing because it's Nanako and Nanako can do no wrong. But Are you talking about Detective Nanako? Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of that, the way they did it. That was really good though. That was like the nice like... It was, but so. obviously for this, it was just like, oh my god, it's just... I felt it was going to be a swimsuit episode or just something where it's just filler and that pissed me off. And I, I, I didn't feel happy for the episode until I realized and I saw that there was other burst linkers in, uh, in Okinawa. And the way it kind of led into the story was very interesting because it kind of all... There were parts from that Okinawa story that if they weren't there, really wouldn't make sense. She does write in, in the... Uh on a horse that she got because the item yeah she because of the item and even in that episode the um i forgot his name you know the, the screw the guy that's the screw basically he's like oh you know yeah whatever his name is screw guy so screw guy ba his name is um well i'm just gonna call him screw I, guy, the, game, the name i got run down is crimson king bolt too long screw guy <laughs> it's a different it's it's a different name in the in the sub, but like like Crimson King, King Bowl is like a, a some sort of official name. So I guess. I'm gonna call him <laughs> Screw Guy. So basically, Screw Guy, he's he was basic. He basically just pointed it out and he said, "Hey, you know, with those reins, you can go in Okinawa and find like a flying horse." He actually said it. He was like, "Oh, we have some flying horses that you can just tame." And I was like, okay, she's probably going to use it for something. But the way the episode was structured was quite odd because you see her going on the school bus. And I was like, okay, so she's going to the school bus back to Tokyo. So why did she say in the in the final episodes, why did she say, yeah, I, I got a 15 hour journey. It took me 15 hours to get back to Tokyo on this flying horse. I'm like, what the fuck? That doesn't make sense. 
She was on a Maybe fucking school bus just, and we no, saw it. The thing is, Bish, with the way um, the burst link works and accelerating works is that uh, in, in real time, because at the end, she didn't pop up there in real life. She wasn't there with them. What happened was she was in Okinawa still, I guess, uh, riding the airport or whatever on the bus, and she burst linked. So when when the hell did she burst link? Did we have no idea. Before that, it's, that's not mentioned. Um, that's what it's kind of a weird thing in the story. Did she? I'm assuming she's burst. From what you're saying, I'm assuming she burst linked before the before she got on that school bus back to to Tokyo. Yeah. And then she, you know, by the time she went on the school bus, this the, whole the only way that would make ended. sense is that if the when she's going on the school bus, that's the same time as. Um, the duel between Nomi tick it's kind of weird it's a weird place in the timeline i guess it's kind of i guess it's kind of like the fight the final fight was in between like when she mm. was when she was like burst linking and when she was and when she was on the bus and the thing is that i have to mention is that um chiyu says that oh she spoke with her we get no reference of this she's like oh yeah chiyu told me and i came as soon as i found out and i'm like how the fuck did we know? I know it's it's done for suspense and etc. But we get no notation of this. I guess the reason for that would be because um, like Chiu kind of did this plan in secret. Yeah, so. I understand. But I mean, like we she should no, have at least was, gotten a uh, message. You see what I mean? Like we should have at least seen her. Uh, by her, I mean Kurohime. At least get some sort of message on her on her Neuralinker, even if if it's not revealed that it is Chiu. We should at least know right. that she's going from... Because um, it's a bit obvious that she's going to come and save the day. That's just how it is. But we should at least know that she comes in, that she's going to make her way to the final battle. Mm. That's what I think. Perhaps it may be the, the, the two-episode part was yeah. maybe I think a Bish, section You mentioned that um, what the anime did was that they, they took uh, a section from the light novel that was not actually there in the light novel itself, and they inserted it... Um, and they integrated it into the chronological events, right? So that might be a little bit of a hiccup on the on the writer's part, not the original writer. I mean, the the screenwriter who adapted it. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and it's it's a bit obvious because it's like, oh, okay, how come this? It just didn't necessarily fit. Yeah, you go from despair to like beaches and swimsuits in an episode, right? Exactly, uh, but I think they needed to have that because first of all, they they couldn't have just you know with the, with the way the anime was going, they can't have it a twenty two episode anime. It just seems a bit weird, and it's also the, the fact that they can't just go straight into the ending. They wanted to build that suspense, so I'm assuming that's why they put those you know that jokey kind of summer scene in there. It also introduced you to a lot of characters within within the light novel because you're going to be reading this light novel. If you're going to be reading it in order, you're going to be like, okay, so where the hell is is Screw Guy and Dolphin and the other one who I can't remember her name where are they this we, we, we've been talking about this for quite some time now you know this kind of like sudden transition from tokyo to okinawa the sudden transition in terms of moods as well and i think that uh this raises a very good point right because this shows that both arcs you know episodes 1 to 12 and you know 13 24 they have their own strengths in a way and like i mentioned before in the second arc what i really liked was the direction right you, you had this clear objective uh that you could follow along with uh but at the same time what i didn't like was the characters like if we did not have those two episodes in okinawa like fucking kudo would be popping up at the beginning of the arc and then at the very end and that would not make any sense and you just be like what the fuck right so without it you're, you're fucked w with it there's also this you're, you're also kind of fucked because it feels out of place right so i don't know how, how i feel about the way that they handled that honestly one other thing about the story it's something i really wanted to talk about like since like i finished the show i want to say right now i enjoyed what the story did and like i enjoyed like the directions it 
it wanted. But I feel like as good as these stories were, I felt like the the anime didn't really know what kind of story you wanted to tell because i felt like there were a lot of things like a lot of different things happening it's like they were talking about the the, the kings are and how like if you get to level 10 you get like you get to meet the developers and find out what brain burst is and like they kind of just dropped that all of a sudden see that's the thing joe i think i wouldn't say that's necessarily a problem with the anime i think it's done specifically to get you engaged to a point where if there was a season two that you would go and watch the season two or potentially the film that recently released or even read the um or even like read the light novel i think that's why they've they've kind of jumbled everything in place specifically with there's a logical conclusion i could come up with it's really interesting because you know the, the second arc it's really story driven right it's focused around how to and no mean specifically and the first arc i found enjoyable for different reasons and it's that you know there was no clear direction in the sense that there were they're kind of going all over the place, right? You know, they're introducing you to, to, to Burst Link, and then you meet that freaking bodyguard girl that you never hear from ever again, uh, at least not in the anime. And then there's the whole thing with the fucking chrome disaster armor, which shows up in the rematch between Nomi and Haru, and then never pops up again, you know? So there's these, these for the first half, is like these mini arcs. You know, to be completely honest, I thought the anime was going to end with everyone fighting Haru. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was maybe he was possessed by his inner self. Unfortunately, there's lots of loose ends. Yeah, like it kind. It's leading towards that, but like I said, obviously there's there's so many they can do within 20, 24 episodes. It's also the fact that this is an anime adaptation of a light. So the main purpose of the anime is to sell light novels. So I'm guessing they want to save all the juicy bit for the light novel, etc. Especially when they were mentioning parts like um, the nerve gear from Sword Art Online and stuff like that, and also how they mention the fact that they want to meet the developer. Now, this is a theory that I have. I'll go and mention it. I'm thinking that the developer is a character from Sword Art, or a character who was in, you know, uh, Ancrad or whatever they call that place in Sword Art Online, who was actually in that, involved in that massacre within that anime. The reason I say this is because why the hell would they have needed to have mentioned, you know, the nerve gear or even the fact that the original author... Well, it was mentioned so they could talk, so they could kind of talk about the retro... Like the retro technology. Yeah, I understand. No, I, I completely understand that. But I mean, in terms of the author, she didn't need to make these two stories linked, but she did it anyway. So it makes me think that there is something oh, I get what you mean. that links back. Do you see what I mean? Specifically because they're in the same universe. There has to be some sort of reason. So she's planned this out way before because they were released pretty pretty much simultaneously. So she knows what's going on. And I think we can only kind of find this out within within either another, like a season three of Sword Art Online or like a season two of, of this anime, which is unfortunate because it's never going to happen. I, I do understand that, you know, at the end of the day, anime, just like movies and shows and music, they're art, right? But before that, more importantly, they are a business. And in business, it's all about selling those, making that money, right? Making those dollar dollar bills, if you will. And even though it makes sense that, you know, they want to do this, they want to omit certain things, you know, kind of tease us to sell the light novel. You know, as a person that, you know, hasn't read light novels yet, and I'm not sure if they're readily available here in Canada, it's kind of like a tease, you know? And it's it's kind of annoying. It's understandable, but nonetheless, it's annoying. Um, one thing I wanted to mention as well was that, obviously, we're not going to get any sort of resolution in terms of the end of these stories in terms of an anime adaptation because they're done by different studios as well, and there's different licenses involved. So that's why when I saw the, the whole Nerve Gear reference, I was like, how the 
hell did they get past this? That's what I really wanted to know. But I'm assuming that's why they didn't mention more about it. They just got a Wikipedia page and they were like, okay, that's all we're going to talk about in terms of that. One more thing that I want to bring up in terms of stories that I don't know if we haven't really mentioned this too, too much yet, but uh, as enjoyable as, as, as it is to watch, I do feel that there are lots and lots of cliche moments, like lots of deus ex machina in this, this anime. Like the, the first time that occurred to me was in episode four, for example, when the fucking, there's this textbook moment, you know, like pulled right out of Naruto where um, Taku's fighting Haru and they, they dive towards each other and right, and they're like, it's, it's like, Taku, Haru, right? They're screaming each other's names, they're diving towards each other. And I'm like, R R really? Really? <laughs> right? <laughs> I will agree with you with the cliches. It's like, there were a lot of them. To be honest, it got to the point where it was honestly getting, I was gonna, getting a little sick of it. But I don't know. There's something about it. Like, here's, here's the thing about the show. Like, I don't know, maybe it was because I need to finish it for the recording. but Or, like, I really want to watch it. But I finished the show in two sittings. Like, I, like it was... Like, it was engaging to me. Like, I want to know what was happening next. And, like, those, I think those cliche moments kind of attracted me in some way. It was, like, something that the show did unique that I want to see again. I agree with you because it is it's quite familiar to see those kind of cliche moments. But I'll agree with you, Kevin, in terms of the Dex X Machina. I can't pronounce it. But you know what I'm talking about. Those Machina moments. Specifically, towards the end, when Chiu was like, Hey, my powers aren't healing powers. Whoa, I'm not actually surprise. I, I can go back in time. No, but, dude, there's a better example of that though where um it's literally deus ex machina for those of you who don't know deus ex machina means god from machine right and that's because in ancient plays uh, if the author couldn't wrap things up what would happen a god would descend from the ceiling tied by ropes uh and he would solve all the problems magically right and a moment that made me pause and actually kind of like giggle all right was in fucking episode 19 <laughs> Where fucking Megumi, alright? It's this during the Okinawa arc when Megumi literally descends from the fucking sky. She was the embodiment of a Deus Ex Machina. Like, she just came down, she just changed the landscape. And then just fucks off. And she just fucks off and never is talked about again. See, this is this is the very interesting thing because this this whole Okinawa scene came from a different volume of the manga. So it, it, it would be safe to assume that she's mentioned in volumes, you know, maybe volume six, seven, eight, up to volume ten. Um, but obviously within the anime, it just didn't work. Yeah, no, you're, you're like, like, what who the, the fuck? fuck is? This? Like, I had no idea who she is before, and then somehow she has like she's she's got the ability to to you know to burst link, etc. I was like, what? And she came in randomly, and the way that the, the Okinawan kid was like she she was like acting as a guru and she was like although that that is quite interesting because when when Seiji was he got his memory wiped and such they were having this discussion about whether or not they can still access the brain burst program after it was deleted and if they can still remember it on a subconscious level I think that it kind of tied in because you know she she got the the um, necklace and then she just said Megumu and I was like oh my god what's going on with Megumu Megumu that's why I wanted Megumi? to know. I thought her name was, I thought her name was Megamu. No, 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 I swear her name was Megamu. Please tell me it was Megamu. Megumi, the fuck? But, okay, no, you know what? It, <laughs> it's it's Megamu. There's a lot of characters in anime called Megamu, so that's why. Like my point is, like, the cliches, like, it's kind of like the thing you hate so much, but you can't really leave alone. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, like I said, like, I watched the show, like, like, I don't know if it was record because of recording, like, so I can take notes, like, a couple days in advance. Um, or if I want to just watch it on one sitting. By set, like I watched it really quickly, and I'm like, and I'm looking back, and I'm like, you know what? Those cliches, like they were a little annoying, but like I love the characters so much that it's like I kind of couldn't hate them. This is, I agree completely. Like I, I do mention the cliches, all right, and 
I, like a lot of people, you know, I, I think that cliches and, you know, literal, literal deus ex machina moments are a lazy way of writing, but you can't really bring yourself to, like, hate the the anime for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe this is because it reminds me of these these older anime that I've watched as a kid, you know, like Naruto and Yu-Gi-Oh. Maybe it's my nostalgia speaking, but for whatever reason, I can't bring myself to, to hate the anime for this. Yes, it's annoying and stuff, but I mean, and I, I do have to bring it up as, as a negative point, but it didn't ruin the experience uh, the experience for me. So, um, speaking of characters like Megumu, aka Megumi, um, let's talk about characters. My favorite character has to be Haru. Like, hands down. Alright. Like, I that? know it's a very, like, generic choice, but, like, I felt like, here's the thing, I felt like I kind of related to him in a lot of ways. It's like, when I was, like, when I was little, like, I'd always, it's like, I'd, like, I, I kind of know that feeling of, I'm gonna get a little personal here, I kind of know that feeling of being taken advantage of. It's like, some people kind of knew, like, kind of knew me just so they can, like, for example, take, like, it was, we were little, so it's like, we kind of, we were kind of immature about it. But, like, like, people, like, wanted to spend time with me because maybe I was good at something or because, like, they wanted to maybe, like, take some snacks that I brought from home. It's like, it was kind of... They're gonna take your Lunchables. That's what they wanted, Joe. They only wanted your well, Lunchables. Like I said, it was a very, like, it's it's very immature, but, like, it kind of it kind of connects in some ways. It's like, I kind of know what it's like to... And, like, pe like, it often, like, I was, like, verbally, verbally bullied. Like, I was often, like, insulted, like, about, like, some things that kind of like some things that kind of hurt me a lot of things that were kind of meaningless but I overreacted anyway like it just kind of it's like I kind of saw all that in Haru like and he's kind of dealing with a lot of stuff it's like I can o I can only imagine how brutal it is to go through high school bullying but it's like I it's like I could at least feel sympathy for him yeah that I, I definitely have to agree with like Bish you mentioned it earlier right um and I think we all kind of felt it when he first started this anime because the first reaction you have to seeing the protagonist is like what he, he's really the protagonist because usually you know even in anime they're they're are certain body types that are overrepresented and certain ones that aren't really represented and it's a shock to see that you know this guy you know, this underdog is is portrayed is it something completely unique that's never been done before no but i still think it deserves you know uh, an honorable mention for being there you know yeah i i completely agree with you because for me uh, specifically in in haru's character design it was like oh my god i've never seen personally i've never seen a fat character in anime bear in mind a fat main character and when i mean fat i don't i don't mean as an insult i'm just you know he is quite a stocky character um yeah so with 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 haru it's like even his his eyes are different in comparison he has very large eyes very sort of western eyes you know how they kind of portray westerners in anime that kind of stuff they've designed him cute on purpose i think they've designed him to be a very lovable character kind of moe in a way like, like i said in terms of his character design i, I kind of like it because it's very different because when we look at anime a lot of the characters tend to look very generic very similar specifically background characters etc even uh, main characters you would expect them to be very chiseled jaw if you look at cn pile the way his 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 body structure is i would imagine that he would have been the main character if i saw him first before seeing haru i would have imagined he was the main character just on looks alone like i am taku i am takun and i go to prestigious to prestigious junior high school in the middle of japan it's like the, like those generic anime openings with the and he goes to a high school that was recently all girls until now you know, like <laughs> it's like he's running like the class with a piece of toast in his mouth. Wasn't there an anime like that? I remember there was like some Seiko sort of anime where. It was... <laughs> oh shit! Is that SYD? No way! I don't mean to go. Off, I don't mean to go off topic, but have you guys ever read the um, 
It's like a little comic I saw online about a main character who was trying to avoid being the main character. <laughs> no, that's quite interesting. It's like you have to send it to I me. I will I'll send it to you after this. But like it was basically about um like a girl who like ha- there were all these different anime tropes where it's like like the girl with pink hair who had a piece of toast in her mouth who was running to running to school and running to school. Late, and they they see like the it? buff hmm? Is it Saikano? For whatever reason, that, that, that makes it Saikano. I can't remember though... the name. I'll have to look for oh. it again. But Wait, I think I think it's Senpai Club, from what you're describing Senpai Club. Well, I mean, it wasn't made by, like, a Japanese writer. It was... No, it's it's like it's like a... It's made by some Norwegian people. I'm, I think they're Norwegian. I'm, forgive me if they're not Norwegian. It, it, I'll, I think I know what it is. Joe, I think I've seen it. Yeah, then, like... I think I've seen it, the way you're describing like, it. You see, like, you see her walking in, like, she's supposed to be really pretty with the pink hair, and then, like, you see, like, the, the guy who's really, like, who's really hot and, like, trying to ask her out, and then, like, she kind of just denies him outright and just walks away. It's like, that's so hilarious. And, like, ironically, like, she's still the main character no matter what, since the whole story centered, is centered around her. I think we all agree that Haru, I mean, he's very hard to hate as a character right uh, i think that they they nail the design because you you want him you want him to kind of succeed you look at him he's the underdog you're like yeah. you know what haru i want you to be the best like no one ever was gotta catch him all no 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 um but you know even though i do like his aesthetic design and you know the, the way the fact that he's you know kind of fan underdog and relate to him uh, he's very relatable and marketable more importantly for the business side of things um i don't know how many how do plushies there are, but they're imagine something that would be popular in Japan. But other than the aesthetic design uh, and his position as an underdog, I I don't know how I feel about his his character though, because although his uh, physical design is a bit unique, I do find that he kind of falls into that character that category of character that's really you know he's kind of scared of everything, right? And he's kind of dare I say it wimpy in certain instances, right? And it's just we, we've seen so many of those character types in the past, right? And for whatever reason, those never really amuse me. Like it's not something that I, I personally connect with. What do you guys think? Did that bother you? Um, what you mean like his appearance? No, not his appearance, but like his, his the, the Shinji syndrome thing that's going on, where it's like you know, oh no, I need senpai to do this. I need senpai. Or and after like he he gains some burst of powers where it's like I believe in my friends and friendship and love and then suddenly he overcomes the obstacles. You know. I guess that did kind of annoy me, but something that was I actually want to mention this earlier. Something that was really that was really admirable about the show was that Haru like really wanted to change like because of the brain burst program like he kind of realized stuff about himself and like how he wanted to like improve and like instead of just being the victim he wanted to support everyone instead of like and support and protect them instead of just cowering and looking down all the time so like even though he was kind of like obsessive with the whole senpai like situation I do think he kind of improved as the show went on like at this point I don't think he's kind of in that state anymore yeah he does develop I'm not saying he doesn't uh it's just that my initial reaction to, to his character is like oh no you know and for the record i'm not saying that you know oh yeah if you you aren't super confident and you you know you know this or that that you know you're bad right even in real life i'm not trying to say that at all it's just that and it is understandable to a certain extent because you know uh you don't expect an underdog to have you know the highest of self-esteems but it's just it's just something about that uh, that character type that I don't like and I, I can't relate to. I can't relate to his struggles, you know, being the underdog. It's just I don't like it when characters have very little self-confidence for whatever reason. Mm. Enough about Haru. I mean, he, he is very interesting, but there is the other, you know, protagonist that we got 
talking about, and that is Kuro Yuki Hime, that we've been kind of slacking off on her name until now. But what do you guys think about her, like, in, you know, design-wise and uh, personality-wise? You know, she's a cross between Yozuru and Nico. What? Y Nico who? Nico Ni? No, because, like, the, the color palette just reminds me too much of Nico. Wait, no, 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 Joe. What the hell are you no, talking about? No, the color about? palette. Like, it's, like, the color, like, I saw, like, the red eyes, I saw the black hair, and I'm like, I don't know why. Like, I, like, I, yeah. because here's the thing. When I saw her, I'm like, this is Bish's best girl. Yeah. Dude, like, I, I agree with Bish here, though. Sorry, Joe. I agree with Bish because she can't be Yuzura because she's not a bitch. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just that, that's how things are. Whoa. Oh, whoa. I, I went, I went fired, there. Man. Well, it's, it's true, no, though. No, I'm talking about her not... design. Mm, Design-wise, yeah. Actually, she actually kind of, you know, you know how she has those two strands of hair that kind of, like, stick up on her head? Um, she reminds me of the president <laughs> from SYD. Oh, God. I was gonna say the same thing, Kevin. Bitch, you've corrupted me. You hit me. the nail on the head there. She does remind me of the president from SYD. Oh, God. Um, but what I have to say about Hime, Hime-sama... So I'm just going to call her Hime-sama now. Um, she, as a character, she's cool. But for me, you know, her character design seems kind of, I don't know, it seems very generic. It sounds like something you would like, Fish. It, no, it reminds me of a character from Sword Art Online, but obviously they're done by two different studios. Um, you know that she doesn't really necessarily remind me of Yozara because Yozara has a different kind of mindset towards her and, you know, Yozara looks different as a character. Well, I mean, yeah, like I, I was talking about character design. Like, it's just like the colors just kind of blended. And I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm looking at a cross between, like visually, I feel like I'm looking at a cross between Yozara and Nico. And like this is probably Bish's best girl with her with her cool with her good mindset too. In terms of her, like she's a cool character for me. You know, I, I don't say I relate to her. She's very mysterious. I want to know more about her. She does. She is that kind of mother figure as well as the the senpai, um, which we hear a lot of. You know, like Haru reminds me of uh, Aichiro from from Free. Like Rin Senpai, Rin Senpai. It's the same sort of situation. He always needs senpai's approval, and he's afraid of senpai leaving him. And it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. You know, and he kind of. Puts a bad taste of of uh, Hime-sama in my mouth in a way because it's just like okay, so what's so what's so amazing about her that you can't live life with? You were living life perfectly well without her, so why why are you so obsessed with her? I would debate that though because what was he living life perfectly fine before that, being bullied and shit? I mean, she did save him from that that's true but at the same time it's like yes she saved him from that but he's and in a way he's in like some sort of debt to her but he doesn't need to to like fall in love with her and be like you know what i need you forever and ever i don't get as well it's like unlike unlike haru that i can relate to to a certain extent um i find that with kuruhime you know the the main thing about her is that she's mysterious and that you know drives interest but at the same time um, I, f I don't get her. It's like, by episode 4, she's like, Haru, I love you, right? So it's like, uh, why? W you, you barely ever met him before? Like, because he hasn't met you before, so have you been spying on him? Like, what about him makes him... And why did she choose him to, to, give, to give him the Brain Burst program? Because she can only give it to one person. I'll tell you why. It's because the reasoning from what I got in anime was, A, because, oh my god, your squash scores are so high, you have very good speed, and two, my gut told me to. And that's, that's basically That's it. not acceptable for me. Well, I mean, I... Didn't she see the scores of um, Haru when he was playing the, the tennis yeah, game? Yeah, no, yeah, squash. That, that's why she, one of the reasons she chose him, right? And, like, I mean, I get Bish's 
like frustration with like that, that doesn't make sense but more than that like why did you love how i mean they, they blatantly state it it's like she saw like the scores and she's like this this person may have potential i've never seen somebody so fast and like she also like, you also need to take into consideration that she's seen haru get bullied yeah but uh, what i don't get is that they never interacted until the first episode right so and by episode four she's like i love you haru right so it's like what when did you fall in love with that person was it just love at first sight because that's kind of you know meh, it's kind of a lame explanation from in my point of view right well i guess it's because she saw like be she's because she went into bullying she kind of saw like the potential in haru's character and he she also saw the potential in haru's speed because of how just because someone's fast is not a reason that you should be like oh yeah i love you like well, sonic is fast but i'm, I'm not gonna go to sonic <laughs> on the first day i met him and be like you know what sonic i want to suck your dick no it doesn't work like that <laughs> you just described one of the uh doujins ab about xl worlds it's like she, because here's the thing she was obsessed with like this program and kind of like finding out secrets so i guess like, but how does that obsession translate like... into love uh, specifically within i don't know anime love is complicated dude <laughs> i find it such a lazy explanation well in the very least i guess we can be thankful she didn't be like oh yeah i chose you because you are the chosen one you know oh, if they <laughs> did that i would have just dropped the anime again I'd have been, like, I'd like, I'm like fuck this i'm out well, I mean, she technically said that. She's like, I this is why I chose you. Like, he, he technically was the chosen um, one. One thing I want to mention is that the characters have different sort of archetypes. Like, you know, she's the very mysterious motherly type. And then you have a character called Nico, who is very much so like Nico from Love Life. I don't know how the hell that happened, but, you know, she's the very Sundera character. She's She wants to be like you and be like, hey, Oni-chan, you know, whatever. But, you know, when you piss her off, she's fucking angry. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. It's, it's also one thing I wanted to mention specifically within the character design, and I don't think we've mentioned it yet, is the not only their human forms, but their accelerated forms when they're in the when they're in the burst link program. So any any thought about the character design for the for the burst link versions of the characters? For, for me, I, I find that it, oh, it it's kind of a hit and miss, right? Because some designs I really like, and again, for whatever reason, this might be intentional at this point, I realize, you know, it kind of reminds me of these older anime because fucking, remember Screw Guy? guys yeah. remember yeah in episode 1819 fucking literally transforms into a transform i was like into a transformer oh and, and the other girls dolphin and her friend reminds me of the power rangers i was just like oh my god the nostalgia now old school cartoons and tv shows that's probably intentional looking at back at it now i mean some of them look generic and really i think that she used design and there, there's certain like you know she used avatar's face how it's just like blank with like two oval alien like eyes it looks generic in my opinion yeah it's, it, they reuse that facial design for certain like a lot of characters so it kind of meh in my opinion right so some of them kind of look generic i need to put this out there the the eyes uh, like besides haru like he kind of had his own unique design because of it like because of his chubbiness and his eyes but every time i saw like a character with like those those weirdly drawn anime eyes and just like feel like they're staring into my soul one 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 thing i wanted to mention specifically about the character design is that because this was animated by studio um studio sunrise people who are really great in kind of animating gundams and mechs and such they did a great job of doing it like specifically you know with the whole transformers thing and even the other you know with with nico's nico's transformation sequence I was like, oh my god, that's fucking crazy. And one other thing I wanted to mention was their, um, you know, Haru's and Hime's, you know, other forms were very interesting because they kind of reminded me of Daft Punk. I'm not sure if you guys know who Daft Punk is, but they they, they remind me of Daft Punk a lot. Um, and I'm surprised that no one on the internet 
Haru. Who else? Because I mean, ha Haru, yeah, but like, I mean, is there anyone who reminds you, you of the other? No, only only Haru. But but the thing is, with Hime and specifically Cian Pile, reminded me of um, Sky High from Tiger and Bunny. Sky High. Yes. Oh my God. Sky High, true MVP man. True MVP. True MVP. And he he's made himself like a cameo. <laughs> and even even Ash, that guy, his his he kind of reminded me of Marvel's Ghost Rider, um, which was you know really shitty film with uh nicholas cage let's not talk about it but the design reminded me very it was very reminiscent of a lot of other animations that they've done as well as a lot of different american kind of influences as well which is very interesting so um favorite characters favorite characters for me i mean J joe already mentioned that haru was his right i i, I can see why for me um it, it, it's chiyu all right I'll be real. I won't say best girl, but I'll say best character for me is she. Oh, okay. God, I have a feeling that Bish is gonna shit on my decision right after this. But before I do that, I just want to know why. For me, it's just that from episode one, right, with her, you know, looking out for a friend, you know, going out of her way to make an entire basket of sandwiches for a friend, and you no, know, it speaks to me, right? As a Canadian herder, no, but seriously, uh, it's just that her her kindness, right, her and her energy is there, right? She's that, I'll say it, she's kind of like that motherly figure, even more so than Kurohime, in my opinion, because her connection with... I don't know what to say about that. She's not necessarily a motherly figure. She's more of the housewife figure. And we see it a lot. Specifically when she says, when she brings the lasagna home and she says, you know, my mum put 95% in it because um, she, I told her it's for potentially for my future husband. And then she started giggling and she looked at Aruk. So it's, it's more of a, it's not more of a motherly love. It's more of like a partner love. That's how I see it. What I meant to say, so I agree with you there. What I meant to say is that I feel that, you know, Kurohime, she she is caring, but most of that, you know, is directed towards Haru, in my opinion. Whereas in Chiyu's case, it's directed at both, not just one person, it's not directed just at, uh, you know, Taku, who's her boyfriend, effectively. It's also directed at Haru, and she develops a special bond. She, she really looks out for them, right? And she's willing to go through a bunch of pain to... You know, do what's best for both of them. Like she, you know, teamed up with fucking bitch Kuhai to betray him in the end, and you know, save the day effectively, right? So it's her kindness that really stands out to me, right? And her willingness to sacrifice her own happiness for the sake of others. You know, I'd say I actually say Chiyu is my uh, is my best girl. Whoa, let's let's not jump the guns with best girl here because I haven't said who my favorite character was. All right, drop the bomb on us, bitch. I'm ready. My favorite I, character I, is actually. I swear to God. It's Haru. I have to agree with Joe on this one. I only say this because I relate to Haru a lot. It's specifically, you know, he's a fat kid. I was a fat kid in high school. I went through the same sort of things in terms of bullying. Um, so I related to him and he, he was like, I wanted to root for that underdog. So I was like, fuck yeah, Haru, do your best, you know. Ike, 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 Haru. <laughs> Kevin, you know what I'm talking about. That was a free reference. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Haru is is just my favorite character. I love his design. I love how he acts. I do admit that he is kind of not really confident, but I can understand why he doesn't have much self confidence because he's he's a fat kid. That's not he probably doesn't have much self confidence to begin with. He got bullied because of that. You know, people constantly mock him. Even you know, and the only person that kind of had faith in him was Chiu um, and Talkin, and also also the uh, Hime. They're the only three people that really had faith in him. And you see him grow throughout the anime. He had the most character development. That's why I would say he's my favorite character. In terms of best girls, though, um, I'm going to start first because I think you guys have really interesting best girls. So I just want to drop the bomb. 
is actually. Do you really want to know? Get. Uh, uh, I don't know. I will say. It, it's Nico. I know uh, it's, it's Nico. A, all right. Just go on with it. It's actually Chiyu. Oh, it's okay. Chiyu. The reason I say this is because Chiyu. All the points you've mentioned, you know, that the whole housewife kind of motherly figure that she has, um, the fact that, you know, she cares, sincerely cares for all the characters. And I don't know, I think she's very intelligent. You, you wouldn't think so at first glance. You just think that she's just a caring character and that's the end of it. But, you know, she's she's got that, that intelligence to kind of trick, trick Seiji in a way. Um, I thought you mean bitch go high. Yeah, Seiji. So she... Who are you and what have you done with bitch? So she, she kind of tricked him in that way. And I liked that. I was like, wow, that was very interesting. Also, because, you know, she is quite funny. In most cases, you know, the thing where she was asking for the ice cream when she was angry about the whole verse linking. She's like, oh, you guys have to get me ice cream and all these different flavors. I thought that was hilarious. Um, it's also just her character design and and that weird um, kitsune. It's it's kitsune. It's not cat. It's fox. So it, it kind of reminded me of the... Wait, really? Yeah. That was a yeah, fox? Yeah, yeah. That's a kitsune. Oh. It, it's a kitsune mask. It reminded me a lot of, um, of you know, Hentai Prince and the Stony Cat. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even even her character design is very reminiscent of, of the characters within Hentai Prince and the Stony Cat. Um, it's also the fact that, you know, multiple times in the anime, this is gonna, I'm gonna sound so lewd. There are times within the anime where you see some things, you know, especially the so shower scene. I'm, I'm sounding like a big pervert here, but... No, Bish, don't, don't worry, because you merely adopted the lewdness. I was born in it. Molded by it. <laughs> In all seriousness, I really there's also a big reason like she is like no matter what she will help you. Like, she will help the characters in a show. Like, for example, in that instance, when it's like when she takes takes Haru like into into the like into the station, the shower, and like she just like like hides him like in the wall so that nobody sees him it's like she didn't really care about like what was happening inside the shower. Like she kind of is like, you know what, I'm gonna protect Haru and make sure like nothing like nothing happens to him and she back she's got his back as well as soon as uh Bishkohai, you know threatened to blackmail uh haru you know she was there she's like you know what i'll call you on your bullshit man i'm not gonna let this happen right so she has his back and she has taku's back as well right like she didn't even care she didn't care about like her own dignity her own pride it's like she's like you know what i'm gonna protect my friends like from like being falsely accused of something you didn't do so, so would you say that she is your, your best girl Joe? uh i don't know is it is it not obvious already it's it's because of the undressing scene, isn't it, Joe? No, actually, it isn't. Oh, okay. Like it's because she's actually a character who has done a. Can, can I say that that scene made me uncomfortable, and it it did not influence my choice in best girl. I was about to say that I don't really have a best girl because I mean, of the choices in here, I mean. No, but I think I I think I've told you about this before. Like I really like female characters who just don't give a damn it's like characters who kind of they're like you know what i i don't really care about what's happening to me it's like i want to help everyone else and it's like she does like she kind of thinks about everyone else before herself it's like and that's why that that scene really like made you feel good. it's like you know what because like if you like if you walked to the shower naturally you'd be like oh my god why are you in the shower but like you know what she did she like like she like put put a towel on herself and she stuffed him inside the shower with her so that nobody could see him inside and have him accused of doing anything like having being falsely he's doing anything pervy i was about to say that um i don't have a best girl because you know of, of the choices i think that there's no fair contest right there's only like kurohime and chiyu right because i mean nico she kind of disappears for the most part of the second arc unfortunately so you don't really see much of her right so between her and kurohime and i've already said in the, earlier that you know kurohime she, she's okay i guess it's just that i don't i can't really relate to her decisions right and her thought process so chiyu she's the only real 
choice here, right? Which is aside from everything that I've already said, and you guys have said, one thing I'd like to add uh, that makes her uh, a likable character is that you can sympathize with her, right? Because I don't know, it's just that seeing her in you know, in pain in that second arc, you know, being put into a corner and still, uh, you know, sticking up or standing up for her friends. It's something that you can relate to and something that you can admire in a character. Uh, but, you know, we've fangirled or fanboyed over Virtue for quite some time, though. Uh, other than best character, best girl, do you guys have a least favorite character? Because for me, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree. Um, moving on, because we've, we've, we've mentioned our hatred for, you know, Bitch Kohai. We've even called him Bitch Kohai. I don't as, think we need to, to, to stick on name. that for too long. You guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, so um, I think we should move on quickly to the audio-visual opponent and kind of like what we thought about the, the intro music and such. I really want to get into this. Like this intro music, I'm talking specifically, I like both of the intros. I also like both of the endings. But my favorite piece of music music in terms of the intro music was the first one the it, it had this weird 90s kind of electronic theme to it like obviously we've been talking about nostalgia nostalgia is running through everything within this anime even the music it, it kind of reminded me of this kind of old school Gundam music I was like fuck yeah I was just like get getting really hyped it's like the music that i listen to when i'm when i want to get motivated when i want to get pumped or do some exercise or something like that or even when i'm editing i listen to music and it's it's just the first op for the excel world to be honest well i agree with you there because the nostalgia doesn't just come from like the music and the first and second op i think it's in everything but in the animation for the first op in particular i think it's an important thing to mention because just the way that they they animated it and the, the scenes that they chose to include in the first opening you know especially the the taku and haru fight scenes because it just them in their avatars and their, you know, their their suits it reminds you of those older anime right because you know power rangers comes to mind their suits and stuff bit of transformers so it's a bit of everything in there I, li I like how you talk about anime and then you're like power rangers even though that's a live action yeah i know i know but it's i'll have to agree i have to agree with bish like with like i did enjoy both both openings and both endings very much but like i think i'd say my second the second opening is my favorite because i, I like the mix of both male and female vocals the the female vocals for that oh, the, the male one i felt because it was kind of out of place because it's it starts yeah off. like it, it kind of jumped around a bit but like it's you still heard like it was still prominent throughout parts of the song which i like the beginning of the second op in particular is what really makes me like it it's just the female vocals at the beginning it has this you know kind of tragic feel to it but it's really well done and after that suddenly the male vocal comes in right it's all like really fast uh i mean that is good to, it is good to have energy in an opening it's just that it felt kind of out of place and con it contrasted with the female vocals but i still liked it it's the, my favorite of the two. Another thing I wanted to mention was the anime's OST, specifically within fight scenes. It may have seemed generic, although there were some moments where I kind of picked up, specifically in the fight scenes, where you got that kind of heavy metal coming in. You know that kind of Naruto fight scene kind of music? Although it wasn't the same, it kind of reminded me a lot of those Naruto fight scene music. And also Dynasty Warriors as well. Um, same sort of thing with Yamada-kun in a way. So it kind, of, it kind of had that vibe to it, which was very refreshing. You mean the, like the... Yeah, that, that kind of... that music there. For me, I don't know, in terms of OSC, I found that uh, there's this one piece in particular that uh, kind of stuck out. I can't put my finger on it, but I think it was, it was the one that played uh, while... Kuruhime was talking about her past as the Black King for the first time, but other than that, I found that it was it was solid, but it was nothing like that. I would download it that stuck with me. 
you know. For me, uh, it's an interesting case because usually it's OSTs that I'm interested in, right? But in this case, it's the really the opening and endings that stuck with me more so than the, the OST itself. Uh, and in fact, in certain cases, the OST, it stuck out for, for the bad reasons. And the reason I say that is because, if you guys remember, uh, in the final conf confrontation, when they meet Bitch Kuhai uh, in the Unlimited uh, world, right? Um, there's this really heavy dubstep music that's going on, alright? And I'm, I'm not shitting on dubstep here, alright? I mainly listen to techno myself, but just sometimes it feels really out of place. And I don't know why, but people have a tendency in anime more recently uh, to really overuse dubstep and use it in everything just because it's popular with a certain demographic. I mean, right? you know what it reminds me of? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the, um, the Pillarman theme from part two of JoJo. It's like the one that kind of has like the, um, like the ancient, the ancient hymns mixing, mixed with dubstep. Yeah, it's kind of like, like bitch tapping the chat right now. I guess that's why I liked it. I guess it's like, it's kind of like with like the, the menacing, the menacing enemy coming towards you and like hearing the dubstep and like the, the big, the big like or orchestrated. Like, like don't tracks. get me wrong, it's dubstep like... can be used effectively. It's just that sometimes it feels out of place, right? Like in, Bish is doing a comparison here, and I, I agree with him. And it's it's like that fucking moment in uh, I think it was free season one because season two of free had uh, a better soundtrack. But in season one of free, there's a few moments where there's like you know, they're they're on the boards. You got a way to dive in after like as soon as they touch them, there's this like heavy dubstep. You're like Skrillex, drop the beat, and it just feels really out of place with what's going on, on the screen, right? So is dubstep bad by nature? No, it's. Just I feel in this case, I guess, it's like, out I of guess place. if you mix it with the right music, with the right music, then it could work out. More importantly, well. the music, in my opinion, it has to be used with the right moment as well, right? Because the the coordination between audio and visual elements in anime, just like in movies, is extremely important. Because uh, the visual part, you know, it's what you see, but without the right audio complement, you can't deliver the right emotions uh, to the audience. Um, I actually, you actually just reminded me, Kevin. I also wanted to say. I feel like the ending, like in the second core especially, like I feel like the ending just did not fit with the moments. What, what in particular? It's like you know, like during like the final confrontation, for example, it's like when they had when they had that bright music playing, and like it just like on the they ended on a cliffhanger, and then you have the cheery music when something really bad's about to happen. One thing that I do know about the ending, though, like it kind of agree with what you say, but uh, it's just the the payoff. Uh, in my opinion, it was worth it because you know the entire time I was thinking, you know what, fuck this uh, Nomi guy, I fucking hate him, right? And then you get that beautiful moment, and I, I feel kind of bad about saying this, but not at the same time because he's there, he's fucking crippled, he's crawling on the ground, and he's he's begging, he's begging for his life, right, and for them to forgive him, and they're having none of that shit, you know. And that moment is just so satisfying. It was, it made all those moments of, you know, uh, torment that you experience with the main characters, it makes all of it worth it. Uh, you know, we've talked about art before and, and design, but uh, one thing I want to know your opinions on is is the animation. Do you guys have any thoughts on the way they animated the, the fight scenes? Um, I have to jump in here. I think Studio Sunrise have a great portfolio in terms of what they know how to do, and they know how to do fight scenes very well. Um, I've noticed in some parts that they were relying a lot on 3D animation. That was towards the beginning where, you know, he was fighting Ash, um, and, you know, when he first kind of got his avatar, they kind of used some sort of 3D rendering techniques, which I've noticed a lot, the like glares and stuff like that. And then it kind of died out. It was just like, oh, okay, so you wanted to show off that 3D rendering, and then you just stopped using it, you know, when we saw... Bunch just went to shit after that. <laughs> which is surprising, because these are Studio Sunrise, the people that, that have done Gundam, 
and they've done it really well. But other than that, the animation looks very good. Um, <clears throat> the way the characters kind of pop, the colors that they use. I've noticed that they've used a lot more darker colors, although we do see when, when the scene transitions, like <clears throat> when it goes to you know beach and such, it turns to be a lot more brighter and, you know, a lot more kind of primary colors but in terms of the actual color palette they use in with within the animation such there's a lot of green a lot of green that I've noticed within that I don't know why that is even with even with a uh, Kurohime there is a lot of green I, I don't know why the hell that is it's also the one thing I wanted to mention was the particle effects that you see when during the transformation scenes uh, specifically when when the red when the red king was transforming you know you see you see the smoke that's coming out of the machine as she's digging into the ground you see that that dirt kind of flying about it was very cool I like right um I actually do want to mention something about the animation like I did I did like the animation it was like I won't say it was anything like really special because I feel like I've seen it before but it was nice for what it was I do like um, is here's the thing I'm I'm a huge fan of like like technological eras anime or so you kind of like you're like it's a society that runs a technology so like when i i really want to talk about the the uh neuralink and like i really like how they like the like how they like, kind of showed it in the animation like they showed like windows being moved around like it reminded me of google glass that's that's basically what it is it's google glasses but without without the glass it's like google necklace coming soon in 2040 let's let's be honest other studios have done this more so aic as well with Sword Art Online, it's the same sort of thing. But I would I would say that obviously because you know the Neuralink is based off the Nerf uh, Nerf gear, the Nerf <laughs> gear. So oh god, Nerf I just gear. pictured that now, like fucking season two, where they replace everything with fucking Nerf gun fights. <laughs> oh, imagine that! That would be beautiful. But you know, you, you got the you got the Nerf gear, so that that's kind of based from. The Neuralink is based from that, so I can imagine why the the animations would look similar. But it's kind of nice, as you mentioned it, because we we rarely see that in anime. We we rarely see kind of heads up displays and things like that. And there are moments where you see the characters within within their suit, you know, as they're talking, etc. Quite cool. Like you exactly. It's like well, I guess I could say that the thing I liked about the animation, like it's a weird thing to say, but. It's like I liked how the technology kind of flowed. It's like I liked like the I liked when they showed the UI. I liked how they were moving every, like they were moving windows around with their hands, like typing into the ear to kind of input like input notes. It's like re, like answering calls, like getting money put in get put into your into their their neural links. Uh, it's like downloading games so you can play them in virtual reality. It was crazy. Um, what I have to say about animation is that I, mean, I I think it's good. It does what it needs to do, right? It does its job. And that's important in a fighting anime, but um, I say that it could be better, right? Um, because uh, in, in fight scenes, I think that it's just that it, as a gamer, this is especially pertinent. It, it's kind of like I had the impression that I was watching the thing in like semi-slow motion in certain parts of the fight scenes because they'd be moving really, really fast, right? But the animation would not keep up with that. It would look kind of like they, they were moving more slowly than they actually were, right? Whereas in, say, uh, other anime, which I think do an uh, action very well in terms of animation, uh, for example, Attack on Titan, uh, when the characters go really, really fast during fight scenes and there's a bunch of clashing, uh, it's very smooth. It's like 60 FPS versus 30 FPS, if you will, you know? Uh, and I think it's the, the smoothness of animation that could be improved and that's preventing me from giving it, you know, full marks. But it does what it needs to do. Uh, like, I'll say, like, overall, like, the, like as far as, like, fonts go, the technology goes, the like, the animation style goes, I, I liked it for, like, what they did. But there, I 
did not like how they how they did brain burst w one particular about brain burst it's like i'm like it's like visually it just didn't like i didn't like how they they like they didn't really the font didn't look too appealing to me like the grammar like you can know you noticed it very very easily throughout do you mean like the, the aesthetic design for the ui of brain burst? yeah design for the ui of brain oh, burst okay. it's like the font they used like in the fact that there were so many grammatical errors like i know understand it's a japanese show but like that's kind of stretching it I didn't pay. I did notice that, but it's not uh, something that bothered me too too much because I know I said that's a foreign studio, right? But uh, more so, what I noticed about the design of the UI was uh, the obvious uh, inspirations that it took from games, right? Because if you think about it, it is literally Street Fighter Four's you know ultra system that they integrated into anime format, right? No, but I'm, I'm serious. With the was it the killer move bar, right? The green bar that they have that charges up their ability that. It charges up whenever they take damage, whenever they destroy shit, right? So it's kind of like the super slash ultra system that was in place in SF4. But yeah, that was basically what I thought. Like, the the only real gripe I had with with the animation. Just on the back of that, I just wanted to know, would you guys like to see a second season of this anime? For me, I just want to get this started off. I would love to see a second season. My reason behind it is because the first season, well, this season of anime, we didn't get to see quite a lot. In terms of the answers that we needed to know, I wanted to know more about Kurohime, I wanted to know who is this person who created the game, and I wanted to see what I really wanted to see between this anime, but which I can understand gets makes it a very like repetitive if they decided to do this. I wanted to see the battles between each of the king, but obviously if they decided to do that within this anime, within this season, it would it would have been more so like No Game No Life, because then that's the same sort of story as No Game No Life. That's what I would have seen. I would have loved to see a second season. Well, I mean, in No Game No Life's defense, it's like they still haven't gotten to like... Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is that if they kind of done this whole you know you have to fight all of these people to get find out who this is it, it, it also mirrors Sword Art Online as well because it just feels like a very grindy process it's like when you're playing an RPG it, it just feels like you're grinding and I don't I'm glad that they didn't do this but at the same time I needed a little bit more of it because I saw that battle with the Yellow King and I'm like I want to see more I want to see more um, and the, the issue is at the moment is that I don't even think the film talks about that because they, they've released a, a film recently in Japan about a month ago. But I'm not sure if the film talks about that. From what I know, the film is an original story. And it has its own sort of light novel to accompany it. So I don't think even that will, will kind of doing that. But the, the thing is, Bish, about uh, as much as, you know, I want to see more things like the Red King versus Yellow... Not Red King. Uh, Yellow King versus uh, Black King sort of moments. Uh, you have to keep in mind that there is a peace treaty, right? So they I kind of contradict what they've been saying because they're... They're like you know from the get-go the kings uh they didn't want to fight that's exactly why they established the treaty but this is like more like personal issues like first well first of all the black king just exactly the black king about didn't care about treaty. and the yellow king yeah but that didn't start until she she betrayed them and then went to hiding and then the yellow king too didn't really care about the treaty either like it, like the yellow king was kind of just aiming for something yeah but he still had to circumvent go around the rules of the treaty right so it, it does have power the way the treaty mind. works is that they they're allowed to attack each other if there is revenge involved so i can understand why the yellow king kind of done that but at the same time by uh, to kind of uh, counteract your point there kevin it's needed because how the hell is she going to get level 10 the only way you can get level 10 is if you kill the rest of the king oh i thought you meant that they should have battles between the kings it's set in the past no i i you meant talk about the in future uh, yeah i want to see the future battles oh, okay that's what okay. i wanted to see that's why I wanted to see more so from this anime. I wanted maybe to see a couple more episodes where, 
You know, they're fighting the Green King. I don't even know what the fuck the Blue King's up to. I, I never don't know what, what his anything to do with him. I know that the Green King is very defensive. I know that the Yellow King is like a Joker type, you know, he likes to play tricks on people. What about the blue king? We know the purple king too, right? That was like barely mentioned. So we don't know anything about these kings. And I think the only way we we would know is the second season or the anime is doing this for us to just buy the light novel, which is unfortunate. But like like you said, Vish, like you can't really do much with 24 episodes. The, uh, the thing is, the reality of the situation is that, you know, 24 episodes is already a generous amount uh, for an adaptation, right? Considering that this is the first season that uh, there is of this adaptation. So... I'm guessing people didn't want to take a huge risk from the start and they didn't, you know, green light like 30, 40 episodes that like they could have, right? So hopefully we will get a second season. If there is, I would like to see it, right? Uh, I like what I see in the first season. I do feel like kind of like cocktease though. That's one of my gripes about this anime. It's that uh, there are quite a few loose ends. They don't quite wrap up or address in the first season. It leaves you wanting more. And yes, like I said before, it's understandable from a business standpoint, but you want the answers to those, right? And that's what will motivate me to watch the second season. Yeah, I would welcome a second season. Uh, I just don't... I, here's the thing, it's kind of like wishing, no, but knowing that it's not going to happen. It's like, I would wish for a second season to kind of like... like it is hypothetical, yeah. right? So if there was, which would be interesting. Yes, definitely. I do, because mm. like I said, I mentioned that they didn't... They, they kind of jumped all over the place with the story. And like I feel like you like they didn't really know what they were want to talk about, so which is why like I want them like if they were to do a second season I'd want them to kind of like talk about this like the story of the kings and like talk like show maybe show the black king killing all of the other kings to reach level ten and maybe even get a glimpse of the developer even if it's just a little tease. Um, one thing I wanted to say like you're saying it's very unlikely that we see a second season, but the fact that we've gotten a um a, a lot of light novel translations coming over to the west. Yes, it is a five year delay from the original light novels which released in about two thousand and nine. Um, although I think it's you know th there is also a possibility that we see a, a another season because they recently released the movie so specifically with studio sunrise and they did announce that they, they want to do more stuff in regards to excel world so i'm not sure if they want to do more ovas or or such so yeah so i don't think it's unlikely but we'll just have to wait and see what what's on there like at this moment in time i think it's more likely that we see a second season of excel world compared to a third season of sword art online only reason i'm saying that is because aic have kind of gone down i guess they, because you kind of want to flesh out more of uh excel world before you'd focus more on sword art online again but then at the same time like sword online yeah is but so they're popular, different studios like... sword art online is a different studio from from excel world it's also it's also the fact that that studio that is responsible for sword art online doesn't make anime anymore Hence why I'm saying it's more likely that we see uh, Sunrise just continue, we take that opportunity, you know, let, let Sword Art kind of die it down and then say, hey, you know what, this is a similar story to Sword Art written by the same woman and then take advantage of that because that's what I think they might be doing. If they ever do a second season, like you said, it's probably likely with, you know, the, the hype that's generated, uh, I, I hope that it's better in terms of... The, the way they organize the story. Like, we mentioned a lot in this episode that there are some issues with the way they handled the story and they adapted it into an anime. Uh, but I hope that they handle it better because, you know, uh, they, they had to wait for the light novels to produce more, more volumes, more chapters, right? So hopefully by the time that they start work on a second season, uh, there will be sufficient chapters for them to, you know, truly the, take a look at the The things. thing is, Kevin, the light novel's already finished. Oh. 
Yeah, and the author's working on new spin-offs. Similar like Sword Art Online. The original Sword Art Online run is finished. Um, and the the original author is working on spin-offs to Sword Art Online. So it's that sort of thing. So they have the material. So I think the material just ended last year though, Kevin. So I think 2015 was when the last volume aired. Um, sorry, released in Japan. One thing I want to know, would you recommend it to a friend? Because personally, I would. Especially someone who's watching anime for the first time. I think it's a great ride. You get to see a lot of action, which is very attractive. A lot of different colors. Um, and I think it also, it's a great anime that leads you into other mediums. Like manga and visual novel. Right, like it, it sounds like the kind of show I'd want to... I'd want to like, I'd want to call my friends for like, tell them like, you know what, I'm gonna let's just ha- spend an entire night watching these different shows, and like, this would be the kind of show you kind of put on a playlist. That's interesting. So both of you would recommend it to to a friend, right? For me, it, it's kind of weird because would I recommend it to a newcomer? Uh, no, no. I'll, I'll explain why. It's that yes, this anime, you know, it's good, but I don't think it's a gateway anime that will lead to more interest uh, in anime in general because. Uh, as much as I enjoyed watching this anime, I do not think that there's, in every respect, I think there's some other series that does it better in terms of action, in terms of romance, you know? So, if people, if a person were to watch this as their first true anime, alright, they might think that, you know what, like, what's so special about this? This is like the other anime that I've been watching casually as a kid, you know? Like, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, why would I, why would I dwell further into this genre? In my opinion, I would I would say Excel World would be the kind of show that would be one of your first anime, but I agree with you when you say it's, it wouldn't be the first anime. Yeah, I wouldn't use this to convince someone to start watching, right? Uh, if you were to ask me, would you recommend this to someone who's already interested in anime? I'd be like, sure, right? I mean, it. some people will have different views, you know, some people are really, really, they just don't like, you know, cliches and they don't like... Uh, this nostalgia that this anime has a lot of, right? So it depends on the person. Um, so I would recommend it, I'd put it on someone's backlog, right? It's not like a must-see that you, you have to go and watch right away because it's so great. Uh, like I said before, it doesn't particularly excel at one any one aspect, but it's still enjoyable. So if you have free time, then you go ahead. It's an enjoyable watch. Yeah, I've been Bish, and these guys have been Joe and Kevin. You can find me on at get life podcast on twitter and my twitter handle is at the tempest phoenix phoenix spelled f-e-n-i-x i am at kibo gamer spelled k-i-b-o-u-g-a-m-e-r um another thing that i wanted to mention is that if you guys want to send us a suggestion because this episode was a fan suggestion um be sure to tweet at us at g-a-l-p kunai um, alternatively, you can send an email to p at galp.pea at gmail.com with your suggestion and make sure it's underneath 30, 30 episodes. episodes. And, and not Boku no Pico, by the and way. And not Boku no Pico, and we'll, we'll put it in. See? Every time we mention Boku no Pico, the police sirens start turning <laughs> on. But yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye-bye. See ya.